Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. In our Advent Sermon Series, The Language of Christmas, we are unpacking five ways to show love to one another. Physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, and giving of gifts. Jesus lived a life of perfect love for God's people. The greatest responsibility and opportunity for a Christ follower is to practice loving God and neighbor like he loved us first. It's our prayer that the love of Christ will be the greatest gift in your home this Christmas. Now, tune in as we study what love is and how to show it. Amen. Well, you guys... uh... You guys really sound good this morning. These guys, all right? I mean, the, the band, what, a, what an incredible, it's awesome to be able to be led by people who, I and mean, they put up so much work, but more than just putting in work to be here early and to prepare and that kind of stuff, uh, they love Jesus and they want to lead us in worship. And it is evident and uh, I am very thankful for um, all that they do. And, and especially in this time as we sing those songs of Christmas, I've told you since, well, not since uh, November, really uh, all year long I listen to Christmas music. And so I, I'm glad that I can, like, I can say that out loud now without being judged. Uh, well, y'all are judging me. But I can sing the Christmas music in front of other people now and I don't have to be judged uh, by it. And, and uh, it's just, I, I love it. I, I, love, I love being able to celebrate uh, Christ's coming. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go ahead and grab those. Uh, or if you, maybe you're going to uh, open up Scripture on your phone, you have the app there, the Rolling Hills app, or the, the Bible app is there on your phone. And we have a couple of um, passages we're going to work through this morning. Uh, so, But we'll begin, uh, the first is in Matthew chapter 1 is where we're going to kind of uh, focus in in just a moment. But um, if you don't have a Bible, we, we have some in the, in the gym. As you came in, we'd love to give you one of those. You're more than welcome to go grab one. But we also have, we want you to have that. That can be our gift to you uh, today so that you can begin reading God's Word if you don't have a copy of it all, all, already. Uh, we begin, as Pastor Jeff said, we're in a, in a series right now called The Language of Love. Right, it's in the language of Christmas, right? And, and, the, and the language of Christmas is love. The language of Christmas is love. That's what we've kind of established in the very beginning. And so the message, the whole story of Christmas, of Jesus coming to earth, of God sending his only son, is a story of love. It's the announcement of this great love that God has for his creation. In John chapter 3, verse 16, this passage that, that so many of us know and, and have heard for years and years. We see it at football games, right? It's held up in the, in the end zones at football games. But it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. The language of Christmas, the story of Christmas is a story of love. And God in his wisdom as we've kind of pointed out, as Gary Chapman, the author of Love Languages, kind of in God in his wisdom, kind of he gave us different ways that we communicate love and different ways that we receive love. And Gary Chapman kind of put those together in his book, Five Love Languages. If you've never read it, it's a great resource, a great book just to kind of understand a little more about yourself, maybe your friends and family, your spouse if you're married. But it, but it talks about just these five love languages. We, we said earlier, physical touch, you know, like that's uh, many, many of us have that love language. And, and last week I thanked you for the uh, uninvited and surprised back rubs. Those were awesome. We don't have to do that anymore again. But, but that, that, just remember that, that Jesus, he, he came and he touched those who were hurting and those who were in need of healing. He was near enough to them to, to put his hands on them. And Thomas, at the very end, after Jesus' resurrection, he comes to Thomas. And Thomas is able to touch 
the wounds in his hands. He touches, he, this physical touch, he expresses and he gives love. Words of affirmation, we talked about this last week. And God begins the conversation with these words of affirmation and these words of love. He says that he delights in us. That he delights in us. And our words, not his words to us build us, but our words to others build and affirm and, and share that love. They encourage and empower others. We, next week we'll talk about acts of service. And then on Christmas Eve, remember we have two services on that day at two. Ah, man, I should know those times. Uh, those, that's on your worship guide. I know it is there. Um, it, that's uh, at 2.30 2 and 4. We'll have them right here on Christmas Eve. We'll talk about the giving of gifts as a, as a part of that, that love language. But today we're going to talk about quality time. Quality time. And, and if you have your worship guides and you're going to follow along, this, the first kind of note for us is, is just kind of a definition of quality time. And, and, and this is what it kind of, this is where we're operating from. It. Quality time is this. It's, a, it's the regular, uninterrupted, distraction-free, focused attention and connection that communicates love. Quality time is the regular, uninterrupted, distraction-free, focused attention and connection, which is important, that communicates love. And one of the central passages for this whole series, and, and specifically for this morning, comes in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 and 23, where it says this. Could you try again? Nope, I can't. Thank you, Siri. Um, <laughs> where it says this. Awesome. Technology. It says that all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. Verse 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And before we jump in, I want to stop and just pray and ask God just to open our eyes and open our ears and open our hearts to see and to understand the wonderful things in his word and to teach us this morning as as Ryan prayed just a moment, let's, let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you loved us first and you loved us best. And your word says you love us always. And it says that your love never fails. It never fails. And we pray and we thank you that, you've, that you teach us that there are these different ways that, that we love each other through, our, through physical touch, the way that we touch each other and are near. We wrap our arms around each other and we, we love each other that way. We love each other in the words that we share. And this morning as we talk about loving each other and receiving love from you in the quality time that we spend and the time that we spend with you, uninterrupted, distraction-free connection with you. God, we pray that you would open our eyes to the beauty and the, the glory of your word and the intimacy that we find as you desire to meet with us and to be with us. Your name is Emmanuel. You came to be with us. It's in Christ's strong and mighty name that we pray. Amen and amen. So quality time is this regular, uninterrupted, distraction-free, focused attention and connection that communicates love. And if again, if you're the kind of the first major thing that I want to talk about this morning, kind of from, from Scripture is this, that, that Jesus desires to spend quality time with you. Jesus desires to spend quality time with us. And sometimes I think that the best thing for us to do is just to slow down and understand what we're saying. Right, understand what, what this sentence and what, what we're actually like, really understand what's happening and in, in, in when we say that Jesus desires to spend time, and, and really not just us in the general sense, but Jesus desires to spend time with you. He desires to spend time with you. When, when Rebecca and I first met in 2000 and, 
uh, three, where I was working at a camp, she came as a sta- she came as a chaperone with a group of students. She was not a student. I need everybody to hear that again. <laughs> I was working at a camp. She was a chaperone. It was totally legal. Uh, and so she came in and, and like really for the first probably, well, still today, honestly, I, I, I just couldn't understand why this girl was willing to talk to me. Like, she, she wanted to talk on the phone and spend time. Our first cell phone bill, this is way back in the day when you paid for minutes. You remember this? It was free at night, right? So just think of this. At 9 o'clock, it was all free after that. But my first cell phone bill after we met was $600. <laughs> but she wanted to talk to me that much. I couldn't believe it. It was like, you want to spend time with it. It was inwardly or outwardly, I was acting like I was in control and I was cool, right? I had all the energy in control. Like I was, I was, I was the guy, but inwardly I was, I was a mess, chaos. Just because I could not believe that this girl wanted to spend time with me. We, that she wanted to be around me. And, and, and just that reality that we need to slow down and realize that Jesus desires Jesus, the God of the universe, the one who spoke everything into existence that holds together all things that are held together, every atom, every molecule that are in the earth, he's being held together by him in this very moment. And he desires to spend time with you and I. I love this quote from, uh, from one of my favorite authors. And it says this, that all the stars and the mountains and the oceans and the galaxies and everything that were made were nothing compared to how much God loved his children, that he would move heaven and earth to be near them. Always, whatever happened, whatever it would cost him, he would always love them. I mean, just think about that, that that nothing compared to this love that he has for you and I, and he desires to spend time with us, and not only does he desire it, if you continue and you're taking notes, that, that we were created for quality time. That he created us to spend time with him. That, that, that if you go back to the very beginning, if you go back to, the, to Genesis in the very beginning, he speaks all these things into, in, into existence and all the mountains and the galaxies and the everything, and none of it compared to his love for us. That he created us. He put Adam and Eve in the garden, and it says that in the cool of the day, he walked in the garden with them. He, he desired and he created us to spend time with him. God didn't make Adam and Eve. He didn't make man because he was lonely. He desired to share the relationship, this eternal relationship and love and community that existed between God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He desired to share that with his creation. You and I were created for quality time. Created for quality time with him. St. Francis, uh, or excuse me, St. Augustine says this, that He says that our hearts are restless until we find rest in him. And so if you follow this, just think about this, that Jesus desires to spend quality time with us and the fact that we were created for it and that sin shatters that relationship. But no matter who you are, where you are, where you've been, no matter the things that you've done or the things that you've seen, all of us have inside of us a sense of longing, a sense of something that's broken, that's not right. And it's the fact that we're missing that relationship with Jesus. Narcine says that, we, that our hearts are restless until we find rest in him. And maybe this morning some of you are here and you, you sense that. 
Maybe you're hearing this, that Jesus wants to, just wants to spend quality time. He wants to know you. And you're like, there's no way. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, yes, there is a way. And that you were created for it. And you sense that you were created. There's something inside of you that senses and knows that, that there's something missing. And maybe it really is that Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. And you've not put your faith in him yet. And I want to say that this morning is a morning that you, that you can trust him. This morning is one of those mornings in, in the season of where we're at where, if, if you're, again, you're taking notes, that Christmas reminds us that if you have that sense inside of you, that there's a restlessness inside of you, Christmas reminds us that Jesus came to make a way to spend quality time with us. That that, that child in the manger, the baby that we sing about, that we sing, Oh, come, all you faithful, those, that baby that we would come and behold is the child of God who came, that we adore, that we behold, is the one who came to rescue us. And to restore what was broken when sin, when sin separated us from God. It caused that longing inside of us. This is the child who came to rescue his creation, to restore that relationship that was broken by our sin and rebellion. And he's come to us to rescue us. He desires to have a relationship with us. That's what... I hate, I, I, I love Christmas, and it's sad that so often what we miss in the midst of Christmas is the reality of what Jesus did in this season. That it is, a, we love the presence, right? I love all of those things, but the truth is what, it, what happened is that Christ came to restore what was broken. And it tells us that that longing in our heart is met by the child who came in that manger. But beyond Christmas, beyond the manger, Jesus teaches and models these things. If you're looking at our second major point for us this morning is that Jesus taught and modeled the importance of quality time with us. Right, Jesus taught and modeled this importance of quality time with us that, or for us. He, he teaches us these, these things in his life in the general sense, right? We talked about this, that he came, that he is Emmanuel. The fact that he came to be with us teaches us this desire and the, the importance of quality time. He is Emmanuel. God, came, God in flesh, he came to be among us and, and he actually dwelled among us. I mean, that's one of the most incredible parts of this whole story of Jesus coming to be with us is that he dwelled among us. He didn't dwell in a palace far away, separated where we couldn't see him. He dwelled among the people. He was with the people. He lived life with them. So he teaches and models the importance of being in time, being in relationship and having quality time with individuals. He does it specifically in a couple ways, in time with his disciples. You know, and all, in, in, as, he's, as he's walking around, as he's doing these three years of ministry, he selects 12 men to really spend time with and to really pour into. And of that 12, he spends another with just three of them, this really, really quality time. But there's even more that surround him that he spends time with on a regular basis. It, it says that there was a, 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 over 100 that he would spend time with on a regular basis, that he spends time with these people. He traveled from town to town. He ate meals with these disciples and the followers that would be with him. He took the disciples into quiet places, just alone with him. And the crowds pressed in and everything was crazy. He spends time with them and he makes it clear, this expression of love for them and the time that he spends with him. He models it and he teaches it for us. In the way that he hangs out with the disciples and, and spends time with them. But he also, in the time that he spends with the hurting and the outcast. 
with the hurting and the outcast. If you read through the Gospels, you just can't, every, every page, every, every movement that Jesus makes is, is he's spending time with individuals who are hurting and who are outcast, those who are on the fringes of society. He, tells, he takes children and he puts them in his lap and he spends quality time with them. Children are not seen as really anything. He spends time with them. One of my favorite stories is, is this, the story of Jesus spending time with Zacchaeus. It's in Luke chapter 10. He's a wee little man and a wee little man. Just a kind of a side thought. Do you think Zacchaeus is in heaven and is like, call me a wee little man one more time? <laughs> I just like have that scene from Elf where he's like, oh, he's an angry wee man. He just beats us. Uh, that, okay, whatever. We'll just kind of move on. But truly, he's a chief tax collector, right? And he's, he hears, he's, he's not a good dude. He's a traitor among his people. And, 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 he, and he, he hears that Jesus is coming. He climbs up in a tree. And it says that when Jesus gets to the tree, he reaches the spot. And he looks up and he says to Zacchaeus, come down, because I'm going to your house today. I'm going to spend time with you. He doesn't deserve it. He, didn't, he, did, he wasn't even asking for it. But Jesus knew that he needed to spend time with this man among the crowd that was there. He looked at this man, and he spent time with him. It wasn't just him. The people, mur- the people said things about, it, about, about that time, but over and over in Luke chapter 7, it says this, that, that Jesus is talking about the way that people think about him and what they're saying about it. It says, the Son of Man came to eat and drink, and you say that he's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus spent time with people that were outcast and hurting enough that it became rumors in the community because he loved them. Because he knew quality time with them would be time that would transform their lives. He spent time with them. He models it for us. He teaches it. Not a, and, and one of the, the best that we can't overlook is that he spends time with the Father. He models, he teaches us the priority of not only spending time with those who are close to us and those who are hurting, but spending time with the Father. This is, this is God in the flesh, Jesus, the Son of God, and he intentionally spends time with the Father. It says in, in Matt, or Mark chapter 1, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, dark, Jesus got up and left the house and he went out into a solitary pray, place where he prayed. And it says, on one of those days, Jesus went up to a mountainside and he prayed and, and, and spent the night praying to God. This was right before he, he selected the disciples. And, and he spends time away with the Lord before he makes a big decision. He knows that he needs time away from all of the distractions to be with the Father. Luke chapter 5, he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed and just prayed. Just him and the Father. He models for us this need to spend time with individuals in, 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 in general and coming, but with the disciples when, and to spend time showing that love with them. He spends time with those who are hurting, but ultimately that ability to spend time with those individuals comes from his time that he spends with the Father, that quality time that he models for us, that we learn from him the importance of it, that uninterrupted, distraction-free, focused attention and connection with the Father. And if you're tracking along, the third thing, third major thing that I think that, that's through in, throughout the scriptures is that Jesus gives us warnings about the enemies of quality time. 
that there are things that are fighting against, there's things that are, that are inward and outward that are fighting against this time, this quality time that we spend with individuals that we, that we love, those that are close to us, but, but also with the Father. And there's a couple that I just want to run through kind of just to give us some, some ideas, to shed some light on some things that I think could be really helpful for us, especially in this season, to say, man, I, I've got to watch out for this. Right? I mean, Scripture says that, that we have an enemy prowling around like a roaring lion seeking to devour who he may. Right? He's not sitting around just being like, ah, just get at it, whatever. No, he's des- he desires to steal, to kill, and destroy. And so if we have our eyes, if we shine light on these things, we can, we can see the, what the, the enemy that's coming after us and maybe rescue some of that time that we have with the Lord and with others. And so the first one of those is proximity. Gary Chapman, the, the, the author of Five Love Languages, he, he talks about proximity and he, he contrasts the idea of togetherness with proximity. He says this, he says, some husbands and wives, and specifically love languages is in, in the, this context talks about the, the marriage relationship. But you can, you can take this, this roommates, friends, brothers, sisters, you know, whatever you want to insert there. But some husbands and wives think they are spending time together when in ra- reality they're living in close proximity. They're in the same house at the same time, but they're not together. And some of you live in this world, right? Rebecca and I have gone through seasons where we've looked at each other and we're like, we're kind of like roommates that share a bed. And that's weird, right? Where we just, there's, where there's no time that we connect and we, we, we kind of, over and over you have these moments where we're in the same place together, but we're not together. Uh, embarrassingly, I will admit that in the early years of our marriage, early couple, first couple months of our marriage, we got married in September, and in Christmas we traveled all over the world to be with family. It was like just a, a great adventure, and, and we had been together for like 14 days at Christmas, and then we get back from all of the things, and, and she says, I think we need to spend some time together, and I was like, dude, I've been with you like every hour for the past 14 days, right, and we, we share a bed. I'm in the same bed as you are for eight hours a night. I mean, that's a lot of quality time. And I realized at that moment that being in the same place didn't equal quality time. And she's continuing to teach me that lesson uh, a lot. You know, I thought that was more, uh, a little more humorous than y'all, y'all are sad. <laughs> really, really what, what's happening right now, you're like, oh, she's got so much to work on, which is probably true. So you can pray for her. But it's important for us to understand not just at Christmas but beyond. There's so many things that we can get involved in. There's so many activities that we can be involved in. There's so many things that are going on. And, and, and really, if you think about it, there, in the, the time when, when Jesus is born, there's so much happening in the city of Bethlehem. All these people have come home to, to register because of, because of this creed that's been, that's been handed down that everybody comes and checks in in their hometown. All these people are there so much that there's not a place for Jesus to be born in an inn. He has to be born in a stable, in a manger, and all the hustle and bustle, and nobody even knows that the King of kings and the Lord of lords has arrived. They're in the same town, but they miss it. Seven miles away, the Pharisees, all of these religious people, are seven miles down the road. And the greatest event in all of human history is happening seven miles away from them. They've read and they've studied it. They know that there is an Emmanuel coming. They know that scripture better than we do. And they missed it. We can be in the same place. We can be in proximity and not be together. And for us, just the reality to remember that as, as Jesus, uh, Jesus 
chastise and rebuke the religious leaders. And in John chapter 5, he says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think in them you find eternal life. But the very scriptures, they testify about me. And what I want to say for us, especially in this season and thinking about Christ is this, that we put all the lights up and we put all the presents out and we do, we put even maybe our manger scenes out and we sing the songs of Christmas and we maybe even tell the story of Jesus at Christmas, but we miss the Jesus that we're talking about, that all this celebration is for. And beyond that, maybe we're, we're, ha- we're in relationships and, and, and marriage relationships or relationships with our friends where we've taken it for granted and, and we know that they're there, but we're not spending time with them. Proximity is an enemy to that intimacy, to that, that relationship and that togetherness and to the quality time that we desire and are created for. I think about the next one is distraction. I think about the story of Mary and Martha Jesus' friends that he loves and he does, he spends time with them, that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and he spends time with them on a regular basis. In one scene or one story in Luke chapter 10, he comes to their house and he's there. And, and it, the scene is basically that Martha's in the kitchen and it says in, the, in, in Luke chapter 10 that she's distracted with many things. But in the living room, there's, there's Mary and she's sitting at the foot of Jesus. And Martha comes in and says, hey, well, she's, she's leaving me to do all the work. Aren't you going to tell her to get up? And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and, it would, and, it, and I will not take it away from her. We live these lives of distractions. Martha was distracted just getting the house ready, making sure everything was perfect for this visitor that she had. And, and I don't think she's wrong for making sure that the house is ready, but there was something better that she could do. She was distracted by all of these things when really the most important thing was being able to spend quality time with the one who was in the, in, in the house with her. We have, these, we have all of these distractions Right, and, and especially in this time, again in this season, we have all of these distractions that we, we're preparing for this event. We're decorating for, for our house for Christmas so everything looks good. We're making sure the house looks perfect and then we have the right dishes. We have the right presents. We're picking out the right outfits and we're distracted with so many things that we miss it. Some of it is self-imposed distractions. It, it's not the events that we're distracted by. Some of it is this little device that when we take out of our pockets and we look at it, it opens up and it, it invites us into this wormhole of distraction. And after hours we spend here staring at this little screen and we've missed not only, not only the Christmas stuff, but the people that are in our lives that are right next to us. And these, these distractions that are self-imposed. What we need to do is lay aside those distractions because there's one thing that's important. The time with Jesus, the time that he's invited us into, but also the time with our family. We can't miss it. Our oldest is 16 years old. And and in those 16 years, there's been a handful that I look back and I think, man, we crushed it. But for the most part, I look back and I'm like, dang it. We missed it. We had an opportunity to really build into and take this, this moment where, where all of these things point to Jesus and really spend time as a family, but we got distracted by other things. 
what if this, what if over the next several weeks it's not over, right? Just because, just maybe you haven't done a great job so far in the first 12 days, I don't know how many days, 11 days of the, of the season, right? It doesn't mean that it has to be over. Right now we get to make that decision. We're not going to continue to be distracted by the things that we normally get distracted by. We're going to spend time with the one who wants to spend time with us, with the Father that, that longs that we were created to spend time with. We're going to spend time with our family. We're not going to miss it. What if this is that year that we establish those things where we say, no, these are the things that we're going to do as a family. And we're not going to get distracted by all the craziness. We're going to spend time together and build and love each other with the quality time that we spend. That's a little bit of an aside, but I think it was the right place. The next, the next enemy is busyness. It kind of comes alongside that same thing. We wear this as a badge of honor, a badge of accomplishment in our world and how busy we are in these seasons, right? But, but quality time and busyness don't work together. One of the greatest things about Jesus in the time that he spent with the hurting and, and, the, and, and he, healing those that were the hurting and the outcasts is that it wasn't hurried time. He slowed down to be with them. This busyness, it chokes out that time with the Lord. It chokes out the word and it makes us unfruitful when we're busy. Pastor Jason uh, Hale, I think, said it this week as we were kind of preparing and and talking about it. He says, much of the anxiety that that we have within us and that we see in the lives of people that we love and lead is because of the frantic pace that we live in. Much of the anxiety that we feel in in ourselves and see in the people that we live with and the people that we love and lead is because of the frantic pace that we live in. Think about it. What if some of the anxiety and the, and the pressures and the craziness that you feel right now, the things that you're just, you feel like you're on the edge of a breakdown, what if it's simply because of the frantic pace that you and I have chosen to live in during this season? What if your kids and the craziness and you're thinking, what's wrong with them? And what's wrong with them is that we've chosen as parents to live a frantic life over the next tw- over these 25 days when really what they want is to spend time with us and the, the way that they act and the craziness is because really what they want is not all of the activities but just time with us it's comfort one of our one of our greatest one of our greatest enemies is comfort we get comfortable in life and we think everything's just going to be easy. And it says in Revelations that yet I hold this against you, yet that you've forgotten your first love. In the Old Testament, God warns the people that when they get into the land, when everything's great, they're going to get into this land and they're going to forget him. Don't forget him, right? Don't get comfortable and forget what it's all about. Comfort and waste. Just the fact that we waste so much time. Psalm 90, verse 12, it says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Ephesians, Paul writes, he says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most out of every opportunity because the days are evil. Time, our time is is a limited and a fixed asset. Once you spend it, it's gone. And the reality is that we're spending it on a lot of things that are wasted. A lot of things that are wasted. And we can make those choices. And so as we close, I just want to give us a couple of things before we have the band come back up. And 
just a couple of things that I think can kind of help us over the next several weeks just be in, just to, in a practical response of quality time with Jesus and those that we love. And the first one is this, that we're intentional. We say this word all the time, but I, I, I know, like, listen, it, it, simply put, the reason why we say it is because it's true, right? If we're not intentional, things don't get done, right? If we don't make a plan, it's not going to just happen. So we have to be intentional. And to take it one step further, it's not just intentional with scheduling time. It's actually intentional with the time that we have when we schedule it. Right, when we get there, when we say, hey, we're going to spend time as a family, being intentional with the time that we have as a family, not just wasting that time. Because honestly, putting it on this calendar is just one step of intentionality. Actually being there and doing those things, setting those phones down, turning the TV off, spending time together, laying aside the distractions, which, lets, which moves to that next one. Separate yourself from the distractions. It's obvious. Maybe it's the phone, the tablet, the TV, whatever. Put it aside. It, it, but sometimes it's not just, it's not a tablet. It's not those devices. What it is is those expectations that we have of the time that we have with, with, with others and with Jesus. Maybe you just lay aside those things. Martha wanted everything to be perfect. Mary did it right. She sat with him. Maybe you just need to spend some time with Jesus. Maybe everything's not going to be perfect. Maybe that's a distraction that you just need to simply put aside and separate yourself to spend time with him. The third is that we listen, listen, listen. Right? Especially when, if you're, if you're a spouse, if you're a friend, if, you're, if, if, if their love language is quality time, if you being in the same place is not going to cut it, you have to actually engage in listening. And this is not them, they're not asking you to solve problems when they tell you things. They're not asking you questions. They want you to engage and listen. Just listen. And it's not just with those that we love. And it's with our kids. They want us to listen and put the phones down and listen to them, right? How many times have your kids said, are you listening to me? Are you, are you paying attention? They want us to listen. They want us to hear. But it's not just with, with our families. It's with Jesus himself. Spending that time with him, actually saying, God, I want to hear your voice. Third, the fourth thing is to make it regular. It's time over time. Listen to this. When we say, I listened to you last week or I spent time with you last week, that's, that doesn't, doesn't work. Right? How many, how many of you have a spouse or a friend whose love language is quality time? And you're like, yeah, yesterday we spent time together. Why do I have to do it today? Right, that's not going to work for you. If, and if you're in the young married, that just just some helpful hints for that. Like it's not just one; it's time over time for all of the love languages. It's time over time. It's building that into a regular part of your life. Spending quality time, daily spending time with God in His Word and in prayer. That's why we talk about the practices of of the people of God. That we spend time with Him in, in daily in prayer. We spend time weekly with Him or with other people in gatherings like this and in small groups and in worship. And time over time, make it regular, make it a habit, a practice. And the last thing is that we evaluate ourselves. And for some of us, this is just where we need to slow down and just actually think about this. If in our relationships with each other and our, in our relationship with the Lord, I'm not saying take a test, but evaluate where you are. Am I reading God's word regularly, but really have I fallen out of that daily practice? Like I read, but it's just not a regular practice. 
Am I being lazy with my relationships and expecting things to just happen when I need to step up and be ten, intentional? And when my family spending time, is my family, is, with spending time with my family or with my time with the Lord, do I need to be intentional? Do I need to put the device down, to lay it down and actually spend time with them? Evaluate yourself. Evaluate whether or not this is one of those times, as we said just a second ago, to, to really begin building traditions. The value of traditions is one of those places where you can capitalize on this building a bank of quality time and memories for your family and your friend. Time with the Lord that's a special time every year when you do these things. Is it a time to build those banks of memories that call us back over and over? Is it time to evaluate that proximity that, yeah, you're, actually, you're, you're attending, but are you engaged? Are you connected with the Lord? Maybe you're in the same house with somebody who you love, but are you actually connecting with them. And I'm not, listen, as I say this, I'm not saying, listen, come to me and I've got all the answers. I don't. Because this afternoon there's going to be a football game on and I'm going to watch that football game. And there's going to be a moment when I disconnect from my family and Rebecca's going to be and come in and she's going to ask me questions and be like, what? I wasn't listening. But maybe knowing that, right, we know it. And, and we, we, we step in and we say, I'm, I'm going to do everything that I can to, want, to make sure that that doesn't become, this football game, this whatever doesn't become more important than the people that are in the room with me. More important that the lights and the presence and the, all of those things don't become more important than the Christ who came to be with us. And this morning as we wrap up and just... As we sing this last song, and it can be a song of response for you if you just need to, if you need to stand and sing, that's great. If you want to stay in your seat and let this be sung over you, it's just kind of a song of response. Whatever you need to do in this moment, this is, this is a spot for you. But, but what I hope that you hear in all of this is that Jesus, the Son of God who came, who is Emmanuel, came and he says, Come to me, all you who are heavy laden, all of you who are burdened and heavy, and he will give you rest. Pastor Jeff said just a couple minutes ago that our world desires peace. And that peace is going to come for a lot of us in the quality time that we spend with him and with others. And he's inviting us because he wants to spend time with us to come to him. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. And again, we thank you that you have loved us first and best and always, and your love never fails. We thank you that you desire, more than we desire, God, more than we could even muster it up, you desire to spend time with us, and you clearly portrayed that for us. Coming, laying aside all of the treasures of heaven to come and to pursue those that you loved. We love you, and we thank you that you've loved us. It's in Christ's name, amen. That's the end of this episode on the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Before you go, we invite you to think about who you could share this sermon with. Click the subscribe button so you can be notified each time we release a new sermon. Did you know Rolling Hills publishes other podcasts too? Check out the Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, and the RH Women's As You Go Podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. And lastly, from the church family to your family, 
Merry Christmas.